Um, my dad's a pastor. My grandparents are very strong in their faith. My extended family includes other pastors. And so I have a solid foundation to raise a child the way they should go. And I'm very grateful for that. However, it started out with just knowledge. I knew all the Bible stories. I knew who God was. I believed that he existed and he loved me, but it wasn't until I got older that I was able to develop a relationship with him. And so my senior year of high school was a little challenging, um, just the usual ups and downs of being a teenager. Um, I also didn't realize it at the time, but that's when my mental health health struggles had begun. Um, so there was a lot of depression symptoms that were happening, but I didn't know what they were. So trying to deal with that. Um, and then tragedy struck our high school class when one of my classmates was in a really bad car accident. And that shook my faith. Um, we're a small town in Ohio. And so there were a lot of people of faith and we gathered together after school in our gymnasium to pray for our classmate. And it was at that time that he passed away. And that shook me to the core because how could, here we were relying on God, we were having the faith, everything that we had been taught and he still passed away. And so that kind of was a catalyst for me really questioning God. And the beautiful thing is, is that God answered. And I still don't have all the answers for why all bad things happen, but I do know that the healing that my classmate received was eternal. And there was a peace that God gave me that he was still in control, even though I didn't understand why he chose to go the route that he did, but that God was still holding my friend's family and all of our classmates, and he was still with us, covering us with his presence. And that was just one building block in this relationship that continued to grow. And through college, I still struggled with mental health. Um, I still had the ups and downs that we all get with financial needs and all of the crazy things that just happen in life. But never once did God leave me. And he kept me connected. I couldn't run far from him. I don't think even if I tried, there was always a campus ministry or godly friends or a church. There was something that was keeping me fed with his word and constantly in conversation with him. And piece by piece and brick by brick, we built our solid friendship relationship, parent-child, all the ways you can describe a relationship with God. Um, I was eventually diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And so there have been a lot of mountains and valleys and everything in between and some really difficult moments, but never has God's presence ever left me. But God has been with me through it all, through the lowest of lows, the highest of highs provided for so many needs. I went on to move to California from Ohio, finished school, got a job at a Christian radio station, and then he's moved me into children's ministry and to writing books. And so it's just been a nonstop journey where I'm very, very thankful that God has taken me and grown me and never left me once. So tell me, um, can, can you help somebody who is going through bipolar? What are some of the symptoms of that? And how did God lift you out of that? Um, it's a lot of highs and lows. Initially, we thought that I just had depression, but then I would have some really great moments, but then the depression would come back. So during the lows, it's that lack of energy, that feeling of hopelessness, that sometimes it's a sadness, but sometimes it's something completely different or a numbness. Um, but then it shifts to higher periods of times, the mania, um, where I have lots of energy, my brain's going really fast and things are just great, but then it's just like consistently turning the volume up where it's too much and all the senses are heightened and it's just too much everything. Um, 
And it's something that it sounds like I'm going to be up and down throughout life, thankful for medication and therapy and all the tools that God's provided to help. Absolutely. But also thankful that no matter what the mood shift is in, he's there. You know, there have been times when I've been hospitalized and his presence was definitely felt during those times. And there are times when he keeps me safe and kind of gives me that nudge when maybe I'm going a little too fast and a little too high and he says, stop, take a breath and let's think about this. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as the gift of being to relate to other people who have mental health issues, who because of the different stigma have been afraid to talk about it, yeah. but we've been able to support one another and see that there are a lot of misconceptions and a lot of places where people don't feel comfortable um, or don't feel welcome in spaces because of mental health, but to see that God is very much there and very mm-hmm. much loves us mm-hmm. and is with us on our mind, body, and spirit. Yeah. You wrote this book, The Other Three Sixteens, And I would love to know why you wrote this book. It was actually a journey that I did not expect. I am a children's ministry director. And so John 3.16 is a verse that we learn and we say and we sing. And so as I would be in my own Bible study time, any other time I encountered a 3.16 verse, it would jump off the page just because 3.16 was so familiar. So I just was curious. I'm like, what do all the 3.16s say? And as I read through them, my next question was, well, John 3.16 is all about God's love. Are these verses about love as well? And I want to make sure to clarify, there's no magic formula. There's no numerology. The chapter and verse numbers were added later for our study. They weren't originally in the text. So this is not some kind of magic thing. But God's word is all about his love because God is love. It's in his very character. And so as I read through the stories, looked at the context, I found God's love everywhere. And when you discover something so good, you can't keep it to yourself. And so the book was born. Um, I love the introduction. Just this part. I propose an adventure. It will be an expedition through the living and active scriptures we hold in our hands and yet can't truly contain. If every phrase in God's word connects us to his love, then there are gems to uncover whenever we dare to seek them. I love that. What made you you think of that? I feel like that's just been my experience with Bible study. I mean, not that study is always easy or always something we breeze through, but the more I learn about God, the more it feels like a treasure. And so there's just one thing after another, and there's always something new to discover. Bible study never gets old, and we're never going to master it. So it just it feels like a treasure hunt. Um, yeah. Zephaniah, I love that you said in this one, fear is characterized by a lack of trust and a worry about things that are happening or have yet to occur. It manifests itself physically in rapid heartbeat, sweating, shortness of breath, butterflies or a knot in the stomach, pain in the chest, or and other symptoms unique to any individual, yet the effects of love produce very different results. When we feel loved, we are calm and secure, our heart rate is even, our stomachs are soothed, and we can breathe freely. When we are wrapped in love, it is easier to trust the one who loves us. I love the part about the fear. It's a lack of trust. It's so true, isn't it? That when people fear or they're having anxiety or anything like that, um, they're not trusting God. They're they're trusting the fear. Yes, and I want to also clarify. I mean, we, a lot of us deal with anxiety, myself included, where it would be really easy to blame ourselves for a lack of faith, and that's not necessarily the case. There's a lot of things going on internally and medically and in our brains. Yes. 
but God's love definitely covers that too. That doesn't mean we're not going to experience it, but it means he's there with every panic attack, with every thought that comes like he's there with us, making sure that we are not alone and covered in love. And that makes a huge difference. A lot of this book is um, about God's love. Um, and when you started to write this, what did, what did you think about that? That a lot of us, myself included, like we start out with God loves us, like, oh, God likes us a lot, or God thinks kindly of us, and you know maybe he takes care of us when things are hard. But when we really think about what love is and what love entails and how active and tangible and in-depth it is, there's so many different angles where we can view love and see one more thing that it is. And as we understand God's character more and see how he loves us more, it's astounding. If we really pay attention to what Jesus is teaching about the kingdom of God and how many blessings we have here on earth and the purposes that God has for us and the plans that he has for us, suddenly that opens up so much more than we can imagine. And he says that his blessings are more than we can imagine. And we're pretty imaginative people. So that's <laughs> really exciting. And yeah. so we see that each day here is a gift. Yeah. And that God is not so big that heaven or earth can contain him. He's everywhere. Yeah. And his love is permeating every moment that we're alive. And when we look at it through that lens, it opens up so many more possibilities than just twiddling our thumbs and waiting for heaven. My friend called it a cross section, like the books where they have the cross section of the ship or the castle or something. She's like, it's a cross section of the Bible. I'm like, oh, that's handy. <laughs> It's a little bit of, I have some secrecy because it's still developing, but I will say that I'm looking at the minor characters of the Bible, um, people who get just a mention here and there and digging into their stories and what we have to learn. I feel like we don't always feel like we're heroes or the spotlight and we think about the Moses and David and all the big figures in the Bible, but they're the everyday people and God was doing some really good stuff. So I'm exploring that and putting that into a book. Yeah, I created a devotional called Bible Time for Active Kids. It's available on Amazon because I didn't just want to limit it to our church kids. But it's basically what I've learned in children's ministry is kids are not designed to sit still and listen and take everything in that way. Um, they're very sensory and they want the tactile experiences and the hands-on and the moving, which Let's be honest, as adults, we appreciate that as well. But Bible Time for Active Kids is a devotional that goes through actually reading sections of the Bible and keeping it grounded in the word, but then has activities for each lesson that reinforces what it is that they've read and prayed about. I wish I could tell you personally how much God loves you and for you to feel that and experience that. But what delights me is that you don't need me because God is with you right now and he's holding you and speaking to your heart and active in every corner of your life. And more so he died for you because he wants you with him forever. And to see how God is working in your life every day at every moment is something that is precious. And I pray you experience that fully today.